When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program. This is the Court Today replay on C103. Joining Peter Dowdle, our resident gardener. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm, I'm very well. We're trying to just stop, to, stop, stop thinking of uh, coronavirus for a while and get straight into a lot of questions uh, coming in. Because now I know there's a lot of rain forecast for this afternoon and squally showers and all of that, but it, it was a beautiful morning. It was a kind of a lovely spring morning there this morning. It was. And I think we're all kind of hoping for some good weather, talking about coronavirus and hoping that maybe the high temperatures might slow it down. But who knows? I don't know. But yeah, it was a lovely morning and we're definitely coming into the spring now. We're not, I suppose, in spring proper now. But the problem is, there's still always, and this is, this is what happens this time of the year, Trish, we kind of get lulled, we can get lulled into a false sense of security. And I think, weren't you saying last week, the we're due a cold spell I think at the end of this week or Yeah and well it's kicking in I think from tonight I mean we're, we're, we're looking at sub-zero temperatures uh, tonight we're looking at showers of hail sleet and even snow and tomorrow's going to be a bitterly cold day as well Lovely yeah, so, yeah. and then that's when anything kind of now for anybody who's, who's thinking oh my daffodils are up or my tulips are up they're not going to be harmed by cold weather or frost or any amount of snow they'll be fine but anything anything herbaceous or any new growth done on plants that, that has been put on uh, that will be vulnerable, all right. But don't worry if, if it does happen, it'll, it should only be temporary. Okay. Um, uh, this is more. Says, Hi, Trish. This is not quite a question for Peter, but just as a bit of a distraction from the coronavirus, I've got six golden finches eating happily out of my bird feeder, sitting watching that. Isn't that a lovely sight? Oh, uh, you entertain yourself all day looking out the window at them. And you can, yeah. There's something wonderful, isn't it? It's mesmerising almost uh, to watch it. Okay. You know, I was at, just, sorry to interrupt, yeah. just going off the point just slightly, but I was at the, the Landscape Designers Association seminar in Dublin there last weekend, which was brilliant, of course, as always. But uh, the great speaker, Nigel Dunnett, in from England, and he, he was making the point, I suppose it's something we all maybe know, but it's only when you stop and somebody says it to you, that... Being, being watching something natural or being in a beautiful part of nature is a high energy experience because it's all immersive. It appeals to all our senses. It's not just something to look at. And he, he was making the point that in our in a lot of gardens, in inverted commas, as opposed to natural spaces, we feel like we're just standing there admiring. Whereas when you're in our, our viewing, but when you're in a natural space, it, there's much more to it because you've birds, you've water, you've fallen logs, you've eaten it's all immersive and it was just such a very good point it's not just about sitting looking at the garden it's about all of nature all around you yeah it's all your senses because the smells and everything yeah the sights the sounds yeah it's terrific okay Helena for Peter is it too late to move a wedding tier tree it's about two feet high well if the forecast comes to pass that you've just said that it goes down to sub-zero again then you'll get away with it actually uh, because it's when it goes very cold like that and the roots are dormant 
that you want to move anything because inevitably when you take something out of the ground, you're going to cause root damage. Uh, so the plant needs an opportunity to repair that damage before the active growth starts coming in the spring. Now, that active growth has already started, if you like. So if we don't get a cold spell, if we don't get sub-zero temperatures, I'd leave it alone until November uh, and do it from November to February, which is your ideal window to do it. But if we are going to get a very cold week, then you might just get lucky and get away with it. Okay. Hi, uh, Patricia. Would you thank Peter Dowdell, please, for his recommendation of the company Back to Black? They came to our house and did a fantastic uh, job. Um, uh, it's gone missing. They did a fantastic job. And I just want to thank Peter for recommending the company for for us. It is like new. We're delighted with it. Thanks again, they're, Peter. They're going to back to black. Are going to have to spark yeah, yeah. the program. <laughs> <laughs> they, like, we haven't had anybody say that they did a bad job. So no, so, they are so very well good. done. I use them myself. They're very very good. Yeah. Well done. Uh, hi, Peter. My roses were all buds, but. I cut them down as they were too high about two weeks ago. Now I don't see any new shoots on them. Did I do damage? They look like they're dead. No, they're not dead. Oh, no, great. no, you're okay. It, 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 like, whether the buds were on it from last year, which because it didn't get that cold this winter except here and there, um, they may have been still on it from last year. They may have been this new, new, new growth from this year, new leaf buds or flower buds even from this year. Uh, whether or which you've done the right thing by cutting it back because you're going to strengthen that plant. You're going to, it'll lead to a healthier plant in the longer term, even in the short term in this, this year. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so no, the, the, the fact that it looks dead, it, don't worry, it's just still a bit early. Bud burst, we'd, we'd still expect bud burst to be a couple of weeks away, which is when the, the dormant winter buds, uh, come, leaf buds, now bud burst doesn't refer to the flowers as such, it's when the dormant leaf buds uh, come back into growth for the spring. It's, we're still a couple of weeks away, I think. Okay, is it too late to plant bare root roses? Says John. It's not. It's not too late to plant them, Trish, if you can get them. So, in other words, if you have some, or if there's some available in your local garden centre, you can certainly plant away. Uh, but I wouldn't. So, bare root plants are plants which aren't grown in a pot. They're grown in a nursery, in a field in a nursery. They're lifted out of the field and then sold in bundles, normally of twenty or twenty-five. Um, so it's too late for anybody to lift them out of the ground for the same reason that I was talking about the, the wedding cake tree there earlier. It's too late to lift things out of the ground like that. Uh, but if you have them and if they're already out of the ground, then certainly not too late to plant them, no. Okay, somebody has something that I, this has something I can't pronounce. A golden, is it choicea? Yeah, you're spot on. Choicea. Uh, can I cut it back hard now um, or could it be moved? Yeah, again, being moved, if it's a large one, I'd, I'd err on the side of caution in that, if possible, leave it where it is. Because of my own experience, mature choices uh, don't like to be moved. And if you, if it needs to be moved, certainly don't do it now. Wait till November to February of the year when it's fast, fast asleep and cut it back hard before it. Um, can you cut it back hard now? Yes, you can. You won't kill the plant, but you will sacrifice the flowers. So I would wait. Um, it, 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 you'll, know, you'll know it if you see it, Trish. It's also called the Mexican orange blossom or the golden the, the I've just I've just googled it. I do know it. Yeah, it's yeah, gorgeous. It's a lovely one. And it grows very big, though. It does. It can get to about five, five, six foot in height and about six, yeah. seven foot in width. So it's quite a big, a big plant, but it's really gorgeous. And the golden version is lovely because the, the leaf color is so bright. But the flowers are what it's all about. It's scented white flowers. So you really don't want to sacrifice them. Um, if it's absolutely necessary for some reason that you need to cut it back, you can do. You won't harm the plant, but you will sacrifice this year's flowers. Margaret says, could you ask Peter, what manure to put on rhubarb? It was good early last year and then it disimproved. Now, it looks good now, but can we do something to help improve it for this year? Well, if you remember This is the rhubarb, yeah. yeah, the, It yeah, started yeah, good and then they all died back. They everyone's faded away almost. was in trouble, yeah. Whatever the reason. 
Uh, I was putting it down last year, but I wasn't I wasn't conclusively putting it down. But I was wondering was last year's as a result of that that long hot summer of 2018. I wonder just was it an effect of that, and it, it could well have been. So we'll <clears throat> we'll hopefully get our answer this year if the rhubarb comes back well, because we certainly didn't have a long dry summer last year. So uh, in terms of a fertilizer, you could just get seaweed if you can get seaweed from the beach. It, it loves that. There's a, a product called Bio Gold as well. Bio Gold, I think it's Bio Gold Probiotic, which would be a good one to put on it. Or Bio Gold do a seaweed feed. Actually, that would be the one to put on it. Uh, that that does a good good feed as well. Totally organic, totally plant based, seaweed based. Um, so something like that. If you can get your own seaweed, great. If not, I would say go go get yourself a bottle of the Bio Gold seaweed. Put that on it. Mary from Mallow wants to know: Is it too early to move her geraniums out of the glass house? I would say, apropos of what you were saying there, that we're going to go to sub zero tonight and over the next few nights, they definitely wait. Uh, if if it, it does, at this time of the year, Trish, it's just a question of keeping an eye on the forecast. They're kind of good to go now, as soon as the temperatures are on the upward curve. And different Mary wants to know how often should I put out lawn gold fertilizer? I'm using it to prevent moss on my lawn. And it is the best of all of them to prevent moss because it works with the pH of the soil. So the, traditionally we used to use sulfate of iron or products based on sulfate of iron to prevent moss. But what that does is it creates uh, a lower pH in the soil, which is conditions that moss loves, which brings us back into needing to reapply and reapply. With lawn gold, you're working with a product that increases the pH to create the optimum pH for grass growth, but then moss can't tolerate it. So that is, using the right product is half the battle. Uh, lawn Gold do a range of products which one is designed for spring, one is designed for kind of midsummer, and one is designed for the autumn. So the, the differences in them are that your lawn needs different nutrients at different times of the year. At this time of the year, it's going to be quite high in nitrogen uh, and then all the way through to the winter where the nitrogen goes quite low and it's higher in phosphorus because you want good root development, but all the time maintaining that alkaline pH. So the, the, the long-winded answer to your question is you want to put it on three times a year, but you need to use the different ones. You use the spring one in spring, the summer one in summer, and the winter one in winter. Uh, and then that would, that will keep your lawn pretty tip-top shape. Paul wants to know, how, do, how does he prune raspberry bushes? Uh, what you do with raspberry bushes, where are we, March? It's getting a bit late, but it's definitely better late than, than not to do it at all. So you look at the canes that fruited last year, which would be a, a kind of foxy brown in colour, towards the end of last year and you remove them completely you remove them down to ground level and the ones that are green in colour or would be would have, they may be going brown now but they would have been green in colour at the end of last year so in other words they're shoots that were produced last year those were green ones which didn't produce fruit last year should be left so the ones that did produce fruit last year remove the ones that didn't leave them there and they'll produce fruit this year ideally you'd have done it before now but it is definitely better late than, than not at all Okay, I've just, somebody said, would, would Peter give the nod to going back to using dock leaves and clumps of grass as toilet paper, but you need to mind the hidden nettles? <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, hi, Michael and Bantry wants to know, could, would Peter, would you be able to recommend anybody who sells beehives? How do you go about buying a beehive? Your local beekeeping group, and there are lots of them around the place, so depending on where you live, but your local, I don't you know. The short answer is I can't recommend anybody, no, because I don't know of anybody. But uh, a quick ask around your, your local area, you'll hear so-and-so keeps bees, I'll ask him, and that, that's kind of how it happens. Uh, there, there's an awful lot of local beekeeping um, groups out there. What I'll do is I'll actually, because it's a good question and I don't know the answer, so I'll put it up on social media, I'll put it up on the Irish Gardener on Facebook and I'll ask, uh, where, where, who does them or where you can get them 
And if that caller wants to have a look at the, the Irish Gardener page on Facebook, I imagine see lots and lots of answers. Somebody will answer. Near somebody, him, yeah. somebody will come in. Yeah. Uh, Mary and Killa, she hasn't a daffodil, not one daffodil this year, not even one. She said, I always had them. I've had them for years. Nothing changed. Why this year? Uh, they weren't cut back. She let them die back in to the bulb, but none of them came out. Not one. Well, what's happened is, I'm a bit, I'm a bit uh, perturbed, if that's the correct word, because I've had somebody else ask me the same question in the last week or two. Uh, the mature clumps of daffodils. So what my, my best stab at the answer is that just that they've become blind. Uh, and what, what that means, as you know, Trish, is that the, the bulb under the ground has just become too congested. But would it be would it unusual that all of her daffodils have happened? It, yeah. it, is, it is and it isn't. Because if you think about it, they were most likely all planted at the same time. So in a way, it's kind of normal enough that... Uh, that it could happen. Now, I do remember in my own family home where I grew up, we had a big field of daffodils at the front and they were gorgeous. And I remember them in my childhood always being in full flower. And then in my teenage years, I remember them. They didn't go from full flower to zero over one year, but over two or three years, they certainly went from full flower then minimizing down to zero. So it does happen quite quickly, but it did all happen to all the ones in the field. And of course, they were all planted at the same time. That does make sense. The only thing to do, I'm afraid, is, is lift them once the foliage has died back, you may still get a few flowers. It is still a bit early. Uh, but you may, well, I suppose it's not. We're in the middle of March. You want to be seeing them now. Um, but once the foliage has died back, which will probably be May time, lift them under the ground. You'll see where you did have one or two bulbs that's now, that's now developed into a clump of maybe six or eight bulbs. Break them off into individual bulbs. Replant them out again in the autumn. It is a bit of work, but it's so well worth it. And it's not every year. It's only every five or six years that you need to do it. So it's, it's a bit of work then, but it, 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 it's worth it. Okay, I can see, and we will hold off and maybe pick up on it next. There's a lot of people asking about moss, um, but we're not going to have time to get into it, but we might deal with it next uh, week. Hi, Patricia. My mother, God rest her, never put anything around her rhubarb, only the ashes out of the fire. We had yeah. a plantation of rhubarb. Yeah, and it's good advice, provided it's ash from wood, not coal. Wood ash, which is very high in potash and potassium, which is what um, uh, rhubarb likes, is absolutely great thing to mulch around the plants or even just to throw it in your compost bin yeah provided it's from wood not gold Okay alright listen look are you uh, minding yourself with the coronavirus or are you just well, trying to act as normal as possible uh, Both both because I have had obviously cancer in the past a few times I have been told by my, my doctor to be kind of particularly careful because as you know if you get sick there's no medicine so I'm yeah. a bit nervous like everybody else in the country a bit nervous but you still got to live your life but just everyone's got to take precautions and I'm still amazed at watching the amount of people who are not you know they're coughing without taking any action sneezing not, yeah. not sanitising their hands when it's available people need to wake up and realise that you know you know this is this is quite serious you know I know and you can see uh, you uh, you almost recoil don't you if you're out somewhere and you see somebody coughing and sneezing and you realise they don't have good coughing etiquette well I've said it to somebody I have you somebody, well done yeah, absolutely I was in a lift and he started coughing and I, I won't give you the language, but I said, for F's sake, have you not been watching the news? You know? <laughs> I, I mean, people, I mean, Did he get really embarrassed? I, I wasn't being aggressive to him. I know. I, know by sound. I wasn't being aggressive, and in fairness, he took it as such. I think people just forget. They need to be reminded. We all forget, you know? But we just need to, we can't forget at the moment because there's vulnerable people amongst us all the time, you know? So yeah. we have to be careful. That's it, you know? that's it. We, if, yeah. we, if we all look out for each other, we'll all be okay. I mean, we'll that's, that's the whole yeah. thing, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So trying yeah. to get people to stop panicking. All right, listen, yeah. thank you for that, and we'll chat next week. Cheers, Trish. Okay, bye-bye. That is uh, Peter Dowdell, uh, the Irishgardener.com.